Thank you, friend. That was, um, I'd have to live a pretty good life to back up that reputation, wouldn't I? <laughs> That's very lovely of Brother uh, Joseph, but he, he just loved me that way. <laughs> I was worthy of that. But he loves me real well, and we're very good friends. But I'm very happy to be here this afternoon in this marvelous city of Chicago to begin another series of services just before going overseas again. And when I learned some time ago that we were going to get this lovely little auditorium here for the services, I was very highly elated. Nice, cool air conditioning, and we can just relax now and, and serve the Lord. And I'm very grateful to you people that's out here this afternoon to come down through the heat of the day to be with us and worship God with us this afternoon. And to the, the people who let us have the auditorium, custodians, and so forth, we're very grateful to all. May God's blessings rest upon each and every one. I just heard that fine song just as they come in of the singer. That was really wonderful. I certainly appreciate good singing. I have said when I get to heaven, the Lord lets me come in when I knock at the door or however way we enter. I want to be around where they're singing because I like it real well. And I trust that many of these wonderful singers that we've heard in the past and now that will be there singing those glorious old songs of redemption to all eternity. And now... Another feature of the meeting packs now is perhaps on the return back to America again, I'm going to change my services for a while, a different type of service, more on the uh, preaching of the gospel and so forth, and uh, instead of confining so much of it to the prayer for the sick, of course I'll pray for the sick just the same, but more of making my own altar calls and so forth like that leaving the discernment out only just when it's necessary for it to be. Someone has done something in life that should be corrected. Why? Then I expect I will will do it then as the Lord would lead. But uh, I have three more American meetings, and that is this and in California and then New York. And I leave this meeting to go to California and then leave California, immediately go to New York, and then we go overseas. And I am all happy in my heart because I am going overseas under the under a vision yeah. that the Lord has promised these things. And to you people who I'm speaking to this afternoon, as I have for thousands of others throughout and around the nation, knows that what He says He He performs, He keeps, and. It's I believe it'll be the most marvelous meeting that the Lord has ever let me have since I have been in His service. And that will take place in India, of course. Then from there to Jerusalem. Then up to Germany, England, back home. Now, this afternoon, it falls my lot to speak a little before the prayer for the sick this evening. And I am not much of a speaker. I'm perhaps... I haven't got very much of a voice, and I have to get just a little bit closer. Is that better? Can you hear everywhere? <laughs> I'll try to speak a little louder, too. That's fine. Now, this afternoon, I am to speak on a, just the regular gospel subject, as it's been announced in the paper. We we'll speak on the great coming revival and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then tonight, uh, we're going to have the prayers for the sick. And while we're in Chicago for these eight days now, this lovely big city of some, I guess around four million, three million, four million people, there's many sick and afflicted. We have fine hospitals and wonderful doctors to which we take off our hat and salute to the highest. But... In the midst of all of that, our scientific research, we've, there's many diseases and things that doctors cannot control today. Right. And mortal beings as we are and all love to live here and stay on earth as long as we can, I feel that we have uh, the privilege then 
to ask our Heavenly Father to help us. If our doctors can do no more for us, we have a right to come to our Heavenly Father, not by just mythical thoughts or some curious theology, but by the promise in God's Word that He would He would heal us when we were sick. Yes. And so I will do my part to pray with all my heart for every sick person that I can doing this meeting and ask our Heavenly Father to join my prayer with yours to help you in some way, to get you back well again so you can be healthy and happy to serve Him. Then doing that, why, it makes us feel like we're doing our little part here on earth as God has put us here to make life a little a little more pleasant for us as we're passing this way only once. And it'll soon be over, and I believe, without a hesitation to say, that we're nearing a great crisis, the nations are, the world is, that we're just about to the end of the road. That's right. Now, I believe that the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as all Christendom teaches, that we're just about near that time now. Some time ago, a few weeks ago, having breakfast or in the room at Washington, D.C., and a speaker, Mr. Um, Nixon, the vice president of the United States, was speaking at this time, and he was talking of how communism was sweeping the land and the space we had to, to travel. For instance, the goal, the world space is like that. Communism has this much of it already, see. And then... That part is mixed up between believers and unbelievers. And Christ said that the gospel should go to all the world. Yes. So every Christian's got a tremendous job ahead of him. That's right. And we must be up and doing quickly, right about our Father's business at once. Every person in every denomination, every, every person in his own church to get behind the pastor and the program and to back it up with all that we have to back up with. And that's why I'm putting my shoulder to the wheel as God will permit me to try to bring to each one the view as far as I have knowledge to do of the soon coming of our Lord Jesus. And that's why I've chosen this to speak of this afternoon. It's a very discouraging time for the unbeliever, but a very happy time for the believer. For we believe that the time of redemption is drawing near. Now, I wish to read... Two portions of scripture this afternoon. One of them is found in St. Luke, and the other one is found in Zechariah. Yes. Uh, Brother uh, Joseph asked me, can I, the people hear well now? Everybody can hear well. All the way in the back, can you hear well? If you can, raise up your hands. If you can hear. It's not too good yet. Just a moment. I, I per- think they, amen. Uh, can you hear well? Lift a hand if you can hear well. Yeah, they yeah, meant yeah. that. So it's yes. okay. Yes, yeah. all right. Now, in St. Luke, the 21st chapter, and the beginning with the 25th verse of the 21st chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Listen close now while we read of His Word, for His Word will never fail. My words are your words will fail because we're immortal, but this word's will never fail, for it's the Word of God. And there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and upon earth distress of nation, perplexity, a sea and the waves a-roaring, man's heart failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. For the power of heaven shall be shaken, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And over in the the book of of Zechariah, and the 14th chapter of Zechariah, pardon me, and the 7th verse, we read this, And it shall be one day that shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. Now, shall we bow our heads just a moment for prayer? 
Our loving Heavenly Father, we approach Thee this afternoon in the name of Thy beloved child, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank Thee, first of all, for His death and at Calvary where He redeemed we, the unworthy sinners, back to the Father. There that great all-sufficient sacrifice was paid that reconciled man back to God. And we thank Thee for that. And He has left us this word, that whatever You ask the Father in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And we pray this afternoon that You will receive our prayer and will give us a great outpouring of Thy Spirit throughout this meeting, Father. We pray that it will be a a time of long remembrance among the Chicago a people yes. because of his presence being in this meeting. Bless this building which we are assembled, those who have the authority over it. We thank you for them and for letting us have it. And we pray that you will just bless them abundantly. Yes. And now bless every minister that's cooperating in, the min- in this meeting and all the laity everywhere. And bless the sick and afflicted and give them strength to have faith and courage to believe and trust God. And we pray also, Father, that you'll give each minister that speaks the power and the authority to bring the gospel so close to the unbeliever that he will become a believer and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Now, this afternoon, hide your servants behind the cross. Circumcise the lips that speak, the hearts that hear. And when we leave today, may we say like those who came from Emmaus, Did not our hearts burn within us because of his presence? For we ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. Now, for just a few moments, for your attention upon a great revival that I believe that we're facing now. The first thing, God always brings warnings to the people before he sends a blessing or a judgment. That's right. It's always been in the scriptures that God give, gives warnings or signs. Now we're taught in the Bible not to seek after signs because it was a, it would be a bad sign for us as a weak and adulterous generation to seek after signs. But there's quite a difference and seeking after signs, and then recognizing signs. See, a person that just seeks for signs alone. In other words, Lord, if you'll make it rain right now, I'll believe it, I'm saved. I don't have to ask that. I'm saved according to God's Word when I meet the conditions. We mustn't seek after signs in that manner. Um, I, I believe that we should, but when God has spoken in His Word... And said that we were to watch for different mile posts along the road. That we should do that. Don't you think so? Yes. That we should all watch these mile posts. And in every generation, there's always been those mile posts that God uh, sets for us to know. When we're coming like if you were going from Chicago now to New York in your car, there'd be signs along the road pointing us as we near... New York, or the city of New York. And that's the way we are now as we're in this Christian journey. We're near this bend or that bend or different things. And if we know our our nation pretty well, we can tell about how far we are away from New York if we say, well, now we're entering uh, Plattsburgh and so forth, coming down the coast. Well, we know we're nearing the city of New York. Now, the same thing is if we know the Bible and know what Jesus said would come to pass. That's, right. that's not seeking for it now. That's just looking for what he said would be. That's right. And then we're watching, seeing those things appear. We know then we're getting near uh, our destination. Now, he's always done that. And before he does it, he sends warnings before judgment. For instance, before the Andalusian world was destroyed in the days of Noah... Uh, Noah preached 120 years 
and was a sign in that day to the people That's right. of the nearing his message that he was speaking on yes. was a sign to the people that the world as known then was near at the end. The Noah's preaching and his very odd way of doing it. Yeah. He had a message that was quite different from what the people have been used to hearing. <clears throat> Enoch had preached and many others, but Noah had a strange message. He goes up on the hill and builds an ark, for he said it was going to rain from heaven. God had said so. And who could believe such a thing as that, that rain was going to fall out of the skies when there had never been no rain up in the skies? But if God had said rain was coming down out of the skies, then God could make rain come down out of the skies. Yes, he he yes. could make his word be fulfilled. So he, Noah hammered away at the ark, laughed at by the people. Could you imagine some of those fine people of that day, cultured, scholared, far beyond what we have today? For it proves that they were. They did things in that day that we cannot do today. That's right. In other words, they had an embalming fluid that made the mummies. We couldn't produce that today. They built the, the pyramid and the, the Sphinx and many of the things there that we see of their signs today. Here recently we dug up a, in Mexico City an all-modern waterworks where there had been a, a modern civilization, probably in the Andalusian time. They were far beyond us in culture far beyond us in science and probably way farther advanced religiously speaking. But in the midst of all of that, a fanatic supposedly to have been began building an ark that for a rain was coming down out of the skies. He had one thing he could base his theory on that was thus saith the Lord. Yes, yes. He knew that God had told him that he was, it was going to rain and the world had become so wicked that he had to make an end of all that civilization to start over again. And he was going to do it by sending a rain and the whole world would be destroyed. And Noah was the building of the ark was a sign to the world of the near destructions. Because after we cross over the line of of God's mercy, right. there's nothing left but judgment. That's right. And I'm dread and do not like to say this. After traveling many, many nations and seeing the, the conditions of other nations and think of our lovely nation here. It's great, they say, to be an American and that's more than a saying. It's a truth. But in the midst of all of it, in this great civilization we have here, I see the signs of destruction hanging That's everywhere. Right. Because men are walking like they did in the days of Noah, after their own will, instead of seeking the will of God. And our world has become modern. Every civilization, it builds up till it hits the climax, then the pinnacle swings and she right. goes to the bottom again. And I'm pretty sure... By the reading of the scripture and the signpost that we're passing, that we're near the coming of the Lord Jesus yes, on his second advent to the world. Then he'll have one more advent to come. There'll be three advents of the Lord Jesus. The first, to redeem his bride when he died for her. Second, to receive his bride when he comes for her. Third, with his bride yes. for the millennium. Yes. And there'll be three ad advents, and one of them is past. And the signposts are showing that we're near the second advent of the Lord Jesus. We've tried everything. We've had all kinds of big four meetings and, and so forth. And the world, communism still sweeps in the people's minds unsettled. And we're just at the, we're at the climax, that's, that's all. Right. We're just bound to come to the end. And now, as you see... Science has advanced out into the fields and has invented such destructive things as atomic weapons and t atomic bombs and now hydrogen bombs. And I understood by radio broadcast the other day that they have a new weapon now that can drop and it'll go 
spread out 1,500 miles one way and 3,000 miles the other way and lay everything desolate from its great, powerful, destructive stroke that it can take. Just think, drop one of those geographically at Louisville, Kentucky, and the entire United States will be abolished in a second. There won't be a living plant or anything left on the earth, on the United States, and, and when the bomb drops. 1,500 miles this way and 3,000 miles away, the, it was the ranger. So it was on a radio broadcast recently. About two weeks ago, I was listening to it. Great signposts pointing. Noah had the same thing. Now notice, as these great scientists are proving their points today that what they can do through destruction and what they can do in medical science, what they can do by automobile mechanics and so forth and aviation, power, jet planes. We're living at the end time. We're bound to be at the end. And so God has also today, He's constructing an ark for the saving of the people. And that construction today is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ being reconciled one to the other, coming up out of every chaos and recognizing each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus, bringing forth the ark, men of great faith are on the battlefields today everywhere. Battlefields, I mean, in the fields of the harvest, uh, pounding away. God is blessing them and accompanying them with signs and wonders and miracles and so forth as a sign to this uh, great civilization that the end time is near. He promised that in the end time. That's one of our mileposts that's hanging out. One of the signs that we're passing. I would encourage you to come to the meeting this week, not to be a brag, for I do not believe in doing that. God forbid. But knowing that our faith and our message rest exactly in the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore we're not afraid to say, come see what the Lord will do. For God has promised it first. Therefore, with all faith and perfect assurance, I know God will keep His Word. And will do it. See if we're not this groups of people and this uh, little commotion you've heard about in different parts of the world breaking out now internationally everywhere of groups of people that's coming together out of different religious organizations and binding themselves together by the power of the Holy Ghost, if there isn't in the making of the greatest revival the world has ever heard of is now. That we're we're right in it now. And it's a sign to the unbeliever that we're at the end time. We're near the end. Now, as I've just said that the antediluvian destruction, Noah was a sign. And Noah had a sign to start on. When he seen Enoch was taken up, Enoch was taken up, then Noah, it was time for Noah to start. For he knew that that would be the sign of his beginning, and then the end would be near. And Enoch, of course, was a, a type of the raptured group of the church. And Noah is a type of the carried over or the elect of the Jews that will be carried through the tribulation period. And we're now living in that day. Also, in Sodom and Gomorrah, just before destructions come to Sodom and Gomorrah, there were two angels that were sent down into Sodom to find out how many righteous people they could find. And there was a righteous man there. Yes, and his name was Lot. Mm-hmm. Though he wasn't too much to speak of, but yet he was a righteous man. And the Bible tells us that their sins uh, uh, perfects his righteous soul daily. In other words, it got on his nerves so bad to see the way the people were doing in sin. And there's people like that in Chicago today that can walk down the streets of Chicago 
in a lovely big place like this, in a wonderful nation like the United States, and see the things going on of taverns and beer and drinking and amusement and half-dressed women and men on the streets lusting about uh, lustful things. Yes. It absolutely uh, torments the soul yes. of a righteous soul or a man that has a righteous spirit in him to see that his own kinsmen as yes. human beings can drop down so low below yes. the standard of God's requirement. That's right. And yet those people think that they are just as well off as anyone else. But in the midst of all of that, then we must realize that these things are signposts. And Noah, or not Noah rather, but this uh, down in Sodom, and when Lot was there, just before the destructions of that place, there came two preachers or two angels, came down from glory and tried to have an old-fashioned revival in that city. To bring the men and women back to God again. But the people were so indifferent towards them. And so lustful. Till their lusting spirit had a hold of them in such a way. Until they could not uh, make any headway for a revival. What was it? It was a sign. When those angels entered the city. It was a sign that either repentance must come soon. Or destructions would follow. And I say today. To you people in Chicago, if I could only speak to the United States today, the signs and wonders and miracles of the Christian religion that's taking place in the United States today is a sign. Yes. Get ready. Our destructions will follow Amen. this revival. There will be a revival, then there's a destruction. And America is having its revival now. You can't hardly understand it, maybe. Maybe it's hard to see, but it's Kind of an undercoat. Just like when Jesus was here. When he came on earth, he was a sign of destruction. The Jews, how they got away and complicated the religion of of Judaism. Until the poor people couldn't understand it. While they had to have a degree. All their ministers had to be great scholars. And they made it so complicated to the poor people. Just emptied their pockets as money into the treasures and so forth. And they didn't even understand the services because they were talked in different high-toned orthodox Judaism and so forth until they they couldn't understand it. And Jesus came to the poor people as a sign. Now, what am I trying to say? You say Jesus was a sign to preaching to the poor? That's what he said himself. He said, go show John these things. The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and the poor has the gospel preached unto them. A sign. A sign of the end time for that civilization or that nation of Jews. It was a sign. And they failed to recognize their sign. Jesus told them one day when they were speaking... He said, they said, give us a sign from heaven. He said, that's when he quoted the word that a weak and adulterate generation seek after sign. He said, you can go out in the evening and you say, it is fair weather tomorrow because uh, uh, the skies are red and lowering. And tomorrow you get up and it's darker and you say it's going to be foul weather or something on that order. He said, you hypocrites. said, you can discern the weather, but you can't discern the signs of the time. That's right. Said, if you would have known me, you would have known my day. Sure, Isaiah and the prophets spoke of him, telling what the things would be in the condition of the world at the time of the appearing of the Lord Jesus. Well, they should have known that Isaiah said, the lame shall leap like a heart, and the dumb shall speak, and the deaf shall hear. But when they seen it, here it is. I want each one of you to see it, and I hope it soaks real deep. God in His ministry... The ministry of Almighty God has always been accompanied by signs and wonders. Every time through the ages. When God starts a move, there's signs and wonders accompanies that. And today, dreadful to say, but we, the American people, have got our churches so complicated in our big rims and so forth until the poor people can't understand what we're talking about. That's right. 
Everyone talks like he'd been a friend of Webster. And oh, everything's in such a ritual. It's a, a repeat or something or certain masses or so forth that we go into and say. And yet the real true spirit of worship of the living God is left out. Yes. But in the midst of all of that, there's come a time that an old-fashioned revival has broke out. Glory. Throughout the entire world. Yes. That tens of thousands last year, the I believe the Sunday visitor of the Catholic Church gave an estimation that the Pentecostal churches had a million five hundred thousand converts last year. Think of it. Yeah. Oh, when I hear that, it makes my heart leap. Now has been the trouble with you Pentecostal people in full gospel. You've been broke up, separated in different organizations. And just like the other churches began, like the Catholic Church did, like the Lutheran Church, and so forth. But in this day now, there's a sign appearing. Yes, glory. Yes. The churches are breaking down their differences and their yes. stiffness, hey. coming together with yes. one great unity. Yes. The church is moving out. A sign that we're at the end time. God spoke of it. And as it was for Jesus, so was the morning star a sign to the wise man that came from the east. They had heard that there would be a star of Jacob rise. Balaam, the prophet, prophesied of it. And they knew that there would be a star rise. And this star would be the sign that there'd be a king born on the earth. That would be a savior to all the nations. And when they seen this star rise, it was a sign to them to get ready. Yes, sir. That the redemption was at hand. Yes. Now, if you'll notice, there was, they kept time to stars. No observatory ever wrote anything about the star. No one else never wrote anything about the star of anyone else seeing it. Only the wise man. Yeah. And the reason they seen it or saw it, it was because that they were looking for it and expecting it to come. That's, right. That's yeah. the same kind of a sign. It's in the day when we were looking, Jesus said in the last days or the scripture speaks, that they be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, truth-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, and despisers of those that are good, having a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof from such turn away. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was also spoke by our Lord, these signs will follow them that believe unto the end of the world. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, and take up serpents, or if they drink and deadly things that wouldn't harm them. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Yes. Listen, there's been many false impersonations of that. I'll admit that. There's been many fanatics went out. But it's only the devil trying to put a blinder. There's a real, genuine Holy Spirit to perform signs and wonders. And it's the day and the hour has arrived. It's the devil's business to put out those things. He did it in before the coming of Jesus. Don't you remember the great talk of Gamaliel? Oh, yes. When there was one raised up named Justice or Jesus that led 400 people out into the wilderness and they all perished. But there was coming a real Jesus. Amen. And the real Jesus arrived on the scene. No matter how many fanatics come in the first place and trying to do this and do that to impersonate, it only was a signpost that the real genuine Jesus was coming. Yes. And when he come, they recognized him. Many of them who were waiting, they recognized him. And today we've had a lot of fanaticism out under the name of this, that, or the other. But it's only been a signpost to point that the real Lord Jesus and the real Holy Ghost revival would be here soon. Yes. And we've lived in it. We're in it now. Yes. You're sitting in it this afternoon. It's all around you. It's, it, the whole air has become contaminated. Yeah. With the powers of the underworld. Yes. The powers of darkness. We look out over the world now and find out around how communism weaving its way in. While we get out on the street and we here in America would have to say, we take for instance like I was passing a place a while ago in your city, the lovely city. Not only that, but my city and everywhere. You find these mothers out working these war plants and things that come in, their children with babysitters. 
Oh, it's a disgrace that our American women ever put on a pair of overhauls and went into a war plant to work. I don't care how much that hurts, but it's a disgrace. It's a breaking the backbone of this nation. That little baby of yours needs you. God gave you that baby to raise yourself, not some babysitter. That's right. Here not long ago, they had some of these doctors that said, let the baby lay and cry. You nurse it at a certain time, you don't pick it up. If it cries, let it cry it out. They did that 25 years ago. That was a great belief amongst the doctors. Come to find out it hatched out a bunch of neurotics. Let nature have its way. God knows what's best. That baby needs love. If you take love away from it, you'll make a, a brood out of it. That's right. That baby's got to have love. You've got to take care of it. And today the mothers become bar flies out around the bar rooms and things like that. And the whole morals of the nation is breaking and everything. We're at the end of the road. Yes, we are. Did you read what Isaiah said? But in that day he said, them that escape out of Israel will be called beautiful, wonderful. They escaped out. Those who are looking. Many of those people in the days of the wise man, they didn't pay attention to the star. They wasn't looking for it. They had their own domestic affairs to take care of. They belonged to church. And that's all they cared for. But they had no time for such. But those wise men reading the Bible and knowing that star was to appear as soon as they got the thought that was to appear, they watched for it day and night. Yes, sir. And the men and women today in this world who are watching for the signs of the coming of the Lord, yes. sees the revival breaking, their hearts begin to bloom up, rejoice. Amen. I could dramatize here just a moment on those wise men. I'd like to... I'll just show you a little picture. I can see them all saying, well now, let's take for instance three of them. And we are taught there was three of the wise men, Ham, Shem, and Japheth's people. And when they uh, seen this star appearing, I can imagine some of them going packing on a whole lot of things. They couldn't say, now we'll take a compass, we'll take this and we'll take that, and we'll follow the star, we'll go along. But there was one in there who never had taken time to pack up anything. You know, the people today are trying to pack up to go somewhere. If I had a voice today to warn people, I'd say, don't pack up, but unpack to get ready to go. It's time to unload. The Bible said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that's yes, easy to set us, that we might run with patience Amen. this race that's set before us. Men and women are trying to join this church or join that church or take this or take that. Well, they, they can play cards at this church. They can't in our church. They can do this at that church. They can't at our church. That's You're it. trying to pack up. Yeah. But unload. Unburden hey. yourself yeah. and get down before God. The time is at hand. Now I see this man. I hear his wife say, look, John. We call him John, our character. Why, you haven't got a compass. You haven't got a thing. How are you going to find your way? You're way over here in the eastern countries. And way over yonder is the stars. And on up in Jerusalem. On up into Palestine. How are you going to get through these swamps and deserts and mountains and get over there? I can hear him say this one thing, wife. I don't have to take any compass with me. God has provided the compass. That star yonder is God's provided way to lead me to the Christ child. I'll follow the star. And today, we're trying to run to this church and say, has this got the message? Over here, has this got the message? Is this the right? There's one thing God has given us, an everlasting star. Yes. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, the Holy Spirit is the guider of the church of the oh, living God today to lead them into truth and all life. Yes, Amen. I'm not shouting at you, but that's pretty strong now there. And I was backing up a little from it. Look, the Holy Spirit, when He has come, He'll lead and guide you into all truth Hallelujah. and will show Hallelujah. you things to come. Yes. That's the sign of the church today. Watch where the Holy Spirit's moving. Where the Holy Spirit's moving, you'll find love and joy and yeah. peace and signs yes. and wonders. And the associated God, the power of God amongst His people like this will be showing signs and wonders of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the things that I do shall you do also. Yes. Greater things than this will you do for I go unto my Father. And you'll see the things that Jesus did will be accompanying that group of people. Yeah. And you'll see the outside world making just as much fun of that people as they did of the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Spirit doesn't die. Jesus told the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. God takes his man, but never his spirit. He taken Elijah, and the spirit come upon Elisha. He taken Elisha, come upon John the Baptist. Same spirit. He taken his son Christ Jesus, and that same spirit moves down on the church today. Yes. And those Pharisees and religious uh, people of that day who went around with these farms and made fun and poked fingers and said they were a bunch of illiterate and so forth, that same spirit lives on men and women today. Yes, sir. They called Jesus because he could discern the thoughts of the people, because he healed the sick and so forth. They said, he's Beelzebub. Yeah. And Jesus turned quickly to let them know that the devil can't heal the sick. He said, if Satan cast out Satan, then his kingdom is divided. The devil cannot heal the sick. The devil never did heal the sick. He couldn't. If he would, he'd be tearing down his own kingdom because the devil is the one who puts sickness on you. Mm-hmm. God is the one who takes it all. Amen. So it can't be Satan can't cast out Satan. Jesus said he couldn't. But they were accusing him of it. And what was it? It was one of the signs. And what is it today? The same kind of a sign at the end time. Now we're wondering about all this. When the, down in the Bible time, they had a pool in Bethesda. And when a great porch, about like this auditorium here, there's a pool in there at the sheep market. And thousands of people laid around there, lame, withered, halt, waiting for the moving of the water. And every man laid. Oh, my. I can see him as he laid there in my eyes right on that water. The first little moving of the water in any way. It was a sign that somebody was going to get healed. First one stepping in after troubling that water, they were going to be healed of whatsoever disease they had. Could you imagine those thousands of eyes cast on that water? Others walked by and said there's nothing to it. But those who believed was watching for the moving of the water. When that water began to move, it was a sign. The waters were troubled. It was a sign that God was there and something was going to take place. And I'm watching today of the moving. Waters always is a symbol of people in the Bible. Revelation 17, 17 says the thickness and multitudes of people is the waters that you see. And you see a moving amongst the people, seeing a come together. What is it? It's a sign that God's getting ready to do something. I see a movie. David, one time when he was going out to battle, he was laying out there wondering, Oh, look at the opposition I have with the Philistines. Look what's laying ahead of me out there. I can't go until I have some sign from God. After a while, he heard the mulberry bushes are going moving. He raised and gripped his sword and said, Let's go! He knew that God was going before him, man, for there was a sign going before him. I tell you, brother, today, if there ever was a time since I can remember or any time that I can read in history, since the going away of our Lord Jesus Christ, the coming of the Holy Spirit in the first age, it's the day there's a sign, there's a moving in the mulberry bushes. God's moving ahead in this nation just as sure as anything. Signs and wonders are beginning to appear that we see we're at the end time. We're right now... Merging into the greatest revival that this world has ever seen. We're right now emerging into the greatest destruction that's ever hit all mankind since there ever was a world. Now to those without a hope, those without Christ, without God, lost in the world, you're in a miserable condition. But those that are in Christ Jesus should be happy and lift up your head for redemption's drawing nigh. You had a great sign to happen here in Chicago a few days ago. Jesus said in the last days the waves would be roaring. Yes. Perplexive time, distress between the nations. What was it? Speaking of these tidal waves, never been known in all the history of the world. Ever tidal waves ever broke through like that until the last days. A tidal wave which was prophesied right from this platform That's right. struck Chicago right here and washed the people and killed up and down the the banks of Chicago, no science can't even figure out. Let's said a wind must have come down. How in the world wind come down like that? How would these things happen? It's the finger of Almighty God moving to Chicago, telling you that the end time is at hand. Yes. You flee from the wrath to come. Yes. This great city here, which has become wicked like the rest of the world, one of these days you won't receive mercy. You've got to receive judgment. And while God's hand is moving in mercy and the doors are open, run into it and be safe into the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. It's a sign. 
Look out on the west coast up in the Puget Sound. Hear recently how those big tidal waves struck, never been known in the world. They ever do that. How those signs, earthquakes, perplex the time, distress between nations. Look at it today. Look, talk about distress between the nations. There's not a hope. You couldn't put, hang your hope on nothing today outside of Jesus Christ. I think of Eddie Pruitt when he wrote, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crowning Lord of all. I think of another one said, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And all around my soul gives way. Then he's all my trust and stay. Yeah, On Christ's solid rock I stand. All other grounds is sinking sands. Yeah. If you build your hopes up on your church, if you build your hopes up on your city, up on your nation, up on this, it's all sinking sands. Yes, sir. I'm not trying to destroy your hopes in the nation. No, sir. If there's anything I'm trying to do is build hopes in a people to get the people right and the nation will be right. Yes, sir. In the days of Joan of Arc, there was a revolutionary in France. They needed a revolutionary to straighten up things. Then after they had a revolutionary, they ought to have had a counter-revolutionary to straighten up things that they had. We was fighting recently just for democracy, dictatorship or democracy. Well, democracy won. Democracy's right. I believe in democracy. And if I didn't believe in it, I wouldn't live here. But I live here and I love it. I think democracy is right, but what we need today is an old-fashioned revival in the White House to straighten up some of the things that's called democracy, too. It's exactly right. We need a counter-revolutionary, counter-war now among ourselves and straighten out this thing and stop some of this ungodliness. Man walking on the street drunk, give him enough whiskey to make him drunk and rest him because he is drunk. Do you think that's right? That's absolutely wrong. That's it. That's what's the matter today. Not only that, but thousands of other things we might quote from this platform this afternoon. What is it? It's milepost. It's signs hanging out there. That we're at the end time. And look, right in the midst of all that chaos, right in the midst of all of it, Almighty God is a moving among the people. Building away an ark again. What is the ark? All without the seal of God in their forehead was destroyed. The Bible predicts you talk about this hot weather. He predicts that it'll be a time in the Bible when man will even dig holes in the ground trying to get into it to hide themselves in the heat. Standing not long ago in Phoenix, Arizona, when the chief of police there, we'd been out on a little hog hunt out into the wilderness there for a couple of days of rest. Continue my meeting a little later. Standing there, he said, Brother Branham, I don't understand. He said, when I was just a boy, Phoenix would be green along in March. He said, don't get green all year now, unless it's worth irrigation. said, you have to go come on the flagstaff somewhere. said, I've noticed it rising from on down around Ajo, coming on up. I notice it now, the south, burning up as you go on north. The whole thing, the springs are drying up. Over around Clewiston, Florida. Them big lakes and things in there. It's predicted last week in a noted paper in, in Florida that Miami will soon be a ghost town. Because up around Clewiston and through there, they're going to have to use all this water. They've got plenty of water, but it's salt water. And they've got to have this fresh water to drink and for, uh, for other uses. And their population is gathering around the center part of Florida, which are going to have to take this lake water for themselves and can't send it down there. Other great places drying up everywhere. Farmers hauling water throughout the nation everywhere. What is it? In the days of the door. God said he broke up the springs of the, of the mighty and sprung up lots of water and helped destroy the world. And the sign today that he'll no more destroy it with water, but will burn it with fire. And the things dry up, getting ready for a burning time. For the judgment is at hand. Mercy's been spurned. God's Bible walked over. His people called fanatics and everything else under the sun. And the time's coming. God's letting down his finger for judgment. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's right. Yes. Now, the sign of our days. We look around and see it. How the people said these things would be. How the prophets said they'd be. Wish we had time to continue on on it long. We'll get to it later. Coming back from overseas, after I see these things happening, that's why I said coming back, I want to take my time, more time on the coming of the Son of God, knowing that the time is drawing nigh, knowing all these things are taking place, then knowing what is right, and then failing to warn the people, well, then I'll be guilty. That's 
So I want to preach the gospel in this manner after coming back. Here some time ago I'm going to fail to give you now. I'm fixing to give you the greatest sign that you ever heard of. And one of the things that I'll show you the revival that's just about to break. Yes. Gentiles, listen to me. Jews, you listen to just a moment. Don't be weary, Israel. Your time's at hand. Amen. One of the great signs that always has been in the Bible, watch where the Jews are. You see where the Jews are? If you don't know what day of the week it is, look on the calendar. If you don't know what day you're living in, the greatest sign God ever gave, watch the Jews. When he said they'd be scattered out among all people. Here a few days ago, I was looking at a picture. A brother from out on the West Coast. Brother Argenbright, maybe in the meeting this afternoon, a renowned Christian of the Christian businessman. Three weeks ago, he was in Israel, where we're to be in about six weeks from now, the Lord willing. Now, in Israel, there he was taking the pictures. And he called the play three minutes before midnight, or called the drama. And they'd give the prophecy. And then turn the camera to Israel and show just exactly what the Hebrew prophet said would take place, would be in the last days. There it was. Amen. In the last days. Isaiah said the desert should blossom as a rose. And Palestine has become one big flower garden. Yeah. The desert. How that the Jews have returned. A little old hungry kiddies and, and mothers and young men. Going out picking up stones by hands full in them deserts and placing them over to a side or building fences with them. It was hard. But friend, what was it? They haven't had a nation. They've been scattered among the nations. Anywhere they can call home. Nowhere they could call home before. Look how God hardened Pharaoh's heart to run them out and give them the promise. Look how God hardened Hitler's heart. Look how hard in Stalin's heart, yeah. Mussolini's heart, yeah. running the Jews. Mm -hmm. And they had no nation. They've been murdered and beat down. No wonder they said they let his blood be upon us and our children. It has been. Mm -hmm. But God will never forget them. And they've yet got three and a half years to be preached to. Yes. Messiah was to come and prophesy in the midst of the 70 weeks of Daniel. He is to be cut off. And he was. He preached three and a half years to the Jews alone. He never went to the Gentiles. But he went to the Jews. Then he's three and a half years left for him yet. Of the preaching of the gospel. And the reconciliation to Christ. They were, he were, they was blinded back there. In order to let the Gentiles have a day. To be brought in. Now listen close. There they are. Bringing them about Aram. You read your papers and so forth. How thousands times thousands and thousands. Has been brought from all over the world. By ships. By planes. Coming into Jerusalem, picking up the stones off the deserts and piling them up. And all of a sudden, after all that dry ground being there, there has sprung up rivers that they know nothing about. Yeah. Great irrigation has set in. Oh, my. He said, and then what would happen? All these other things, the Jews coming in. He said, let my sons come from the east and from the west and from the north to the south. The prophet said so. And in the last days it would take place. And here they are coming in by shipload, by plane load, coming from all over the world, different dialects from everywhere, coming together. He, what do they say when they bring them in? Bring in the halt, the lame, the blind, everything. There they're packing old blind mothers in. Old blind daddies lead them in. Little afflicted children lead them in. These old blind people. Some of the men, the immigrants there stand and say, what are you coming home to the homeland for? Coming home to the homeland to die? Said, no, we're coming to see the Messiah. Yes. They believe He's the coming. Even in their ways that they've rejected Him is something God's Word must be fulfilled. Yes. Some of those great haughty Jews that's got all their wealth tied up here in the United States and other places, they'll stay here. But God's taking that poor, humble, ignorant Jews and by His Spirit run them back into Israel to make yes. that 144,000 be staying there, which was prophesied. They're there. They're watching to see the Messiah come. If we search in the Scriptures, with scholars stand there, there's only one thing left to fulfill every prophecy I know concerning the Jews. 
That's a spiritual awakening. Yes, sir. Everything else has become an agricultural center. The great irrigations are blowing everywhere. Well watered. The Jews are prospering. The desert blossoming as a rose. Israel returning. Everything taking place. I think of that song. Nations are breaking. Israel awakening. The signs that the Bible foretold. The Gentile days numbered with horrors encumbered. Oh, yeah. return, oh, disperse to your own. For the day of redemption is near. Man's hearts are failing with fear. Be filled with God's Spirit. Your lamps trimmed and clear. Look up. Your redemption's drawing near. Now, notice at the closing of this, these Jews returning, saying they were looking for the Messiah to come. A great spiritual awakening to come in. The Stockholm Church, the Stockholm Sweden, sent out, I forget how many thousands of Bibles, to those Jews. They were reading it. They had never heard nothing about Jesus. And they read this. They said, If this be the Christ, Jesus be the Christ, let us see Him do the sign of the prophet. We'll believe Him. We'll believe it. What a time! Oh, my heart leaps for joy when I think of the opportunity this place right down there before us now. Immediately after coming out of here, going right into Israel where there's never been any fanaticism or carrying on or anything, right into virgin territory, and I believe that there will be a awakening of those Jews for about a million or two to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh. Jesus Christ will come on the scene oh, as certain yeah. as anything. Amen. Even in the prophecy. He said over Jerusalem there will be an end sign lifted up in the last days. Another sign. And for the first time for 2,500 years, the oldest flag that's in existence today is the six-point star of David is flying over Jerusalem today. Amen. And a strange thing that that you might not know, the very day the angel of the Lord called me out, May the 6th, and and issued the gift to pray for the sick was the very same day that Israel become a nation for the first time for 2,500 years. Oh, I believe there's something in it. I just can't keep from believing it. We're near the end of time. That's right. There's the Jews awaiting the great signpost. Everything's pointing right to them, watching the Jews. Them turning in, packing their loved ones. Three weeks ago, the picture was taken. I heard their voices myself through the tape recordings as we were speaking of it. Said, no, they were less coming to see the Messiah. They believe He's coming. Yeah. The prophets all said He was coming. Why are they coming just at this time? Yeah. Look at every sign. Look here at the nations. Look at the people breaking down. Look at communism spreading. Look at the Holy Ghost building fires on every hill like this. And the Jews returning back. Waiting for the Messiah. Bringing in their halt, lame, blind, and afflicted. Oh, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Yeah. I'd like to see the time where about a thousand Jews would receive the baptism of the Holy oh, Ghost yeah. and a sign of healing and miracles and wonders oh, yeah. take place in Israel there. We're at the end of the road. Amen. These signs shall follow them. Their Messiah was a God of power, not a, some th- formal theology. Their God is a God of power. Yeah. He's the one that can perform, perform miracles. He's the one who knows the secrets of the hearts of the people. Yes. He stands as Jehovah. That's right. And Jesus Christ, who has made Jehovah made flesh on earth, has raised from the dead and living among the people today. And the Gentile days is finishing. Yes. Now, one more post before we close. Last scripture I read, the prophet Zechariah said, It'll be a day. And it won't be even a, a day or night. You couldn't tell where it's day or night. But said in the evening time it'll be light. Yeah. Notice closely now before closing. When the sun rises is in the east, it sets in the west. And this has been a day of human theology. When the sun raised back there in the east on the Oriental people, the Jews. The Jews was the first one to receive the baptism of the Spirit, the day of Pentecost, and through the early Orthodox of the early church age. It was the Jews alone. Then it was given to the Gentiles later. Paul was their preacher. Now, then when the Gentiles got a hold of it, they didn't pack it out. They began to organize their churches. The first organized church in the world was the Catholic Church. Next organized church in the world was the Lutheran Church. Then come on down through Wesley and the High Church of England and all on down through to each age. Alexander Campbell, the Christian church. On down into the last age now that we're in. Everyone organizing, just like the Catholic Church did in the beginning. And through this time, 
Did you ever see a day that was dark and drizzled and dismal-like day? That's the day that we've lived through. Yeah. Well, they got enough light that they can see that Jesus was the Christ and they ought to accept Him as Savior, but all of His great powers and things has been hid from them. Yes. They can't see it. All through the day, they said the days of miracles has passed. All them things they had on Pentecost, it ceased. That's when the sun was shining back there in the east. But geographically speaking, watch. The sun has done crossed over now. And by human theology, yeah. by church organization, yeah. by denominations, and so forth, it's darkened these things from the Christian's eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's darkened divine healing. Yeah. It's darkened the power of God. Yes. It's darkened all the gifts. They've applied it back there where the sun was shining. That's right. Here it is. But the prophet said, it shall be light Amen. in the uh, evening time. Yes. The sun rises in the east. Yes. It sets in the west. And we're the western people. Yes. Western hemisphere. Here we're in the west. The western people. And as it rolls over yonder in the beginning. And was showed that the same Holy Spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost and the things that it accompanied in that church there, the very things that happened back there in the last days, in the last 20 or 30 years, has fell here on the Western world and showing the same signs here that it did over there. Yes. It'll be light in the evening time. Yes. The clouds broke back. Yes. The nominations are broke. Hallelujah. And the people has entered into the baptism of the Holy Spirit yes. with signs and wonders just like they had in the beginning. Yes. It'll be light in the yes. evening time. And remember, it was in the evening time when the bride was chosen. Rebecca was taken in the evening time. It's the evening time that she met Isaac. He was out in the field. It's evening time. Our Gentile revival is ending pretty soon. The Jews are going to take the revival. As soon as they can see the power of God manifested and receive the Holy Ghost, they'll take the gospel. Our Gentile days are ending. Get into the kingdom while you have a chance to get into the kingdom. A great, I feel like a great noted man that used to be in Chicago, some of your, one of your friends, Paul Rader. One day, Paul used to be a, a logger. He's preached here at the, at the Chicago Gospel Tabernacle, pastored here, I suppose. And many of us heard him, a great man. I heard him once in my life. I was just a boy. But I was reading his book some time ago. He said he was over in some of the countries over there doing some missionary work. And he took a, some kind of a fever, black water fever or yellow fever or something. And he rolled so high on him, he began to come unconscious. He said to his wife, don't leave me. Stay by me and pray for me. And said she kept praying. And said he, he went in a coma. And he believed in God. Paul Rader preached divine healing. Yes. He not only preached it, but he practiced it. Yes. So he, he said he went unconscious. And when he did, he dreamed that he was back in the woods as a logger, as he used to be, cutting the timber. And said he cut a big log. His boss had sent him up on the hill to cut a log. And said he cut the log, stuck his axe in the soft timber of the... Evergreen started to pick it up and said he just couldn't pick it up. It was too much for him. Said he said, well, why would my boss ask me to cut a log like this and couldn't pick it up? If you get the symbol of what it meant, God will never give you nothing. This gospel will do what he give you grace to do it with. That's right. He'll never promise us in there, but what he'll fulfill it. And said he tried to pick it up and he couldn't. And said he just wore himself out tugging at it. That's what church denomination has done today. Wore yeah. their self out tugging at this and tugging at that and trying to do this, that. Turn loose and let God do it. Hey, That's the thing. Yes. Let God Lord. do it. It's too much for you anyhow. Yes. God's let man run to their limit right now. God's let man go have this world. Let them prove to themselves that they can't run this world. Yeah. God with His mighty hand shows this world cannot stand. That's, That's right. God rules the world. He will rule it. Through Christ Jesus. But now man wanted to rule it. And you see what a chaos he's got it in. Yes. That's what he's got in in every time. That's what he got in before the Andalusian world. When the signs was given. That's what he got it in that kind of condition before the first coming of Christ. And you see what happened. The signs appeared. Yes. Now it's at the third time. That's the last time. Yes. It's the ending of all things now. Yes. Paul said that he talked that into. He just got so tired. He, he just didn't know what to do. Sat down inside of a tree and start crying. He said, oh, I can't even pick it up. I've lost my strength. Said he heard his voice speak with his bo- 
pardon me, he heard his boss's voice speak with a kind voice and said, Paul, so what are you struggling at it anyhow? So why don't you just throw it over there in the water? That water runs right on down around the camp. <laughs> said he looked up and his boss was the Lord Jesus. <laughs> said he just took the old log and pushed it over in the water, jumped the straddle up and began to splash the water riding right down the river's heart. I'm riding on it. I'm riding on it. I'm riding on it. And said he's coming right into the camp, screaming with all of his voice, I'm riding on him. And when he comes to himself, he is standing right out in the middle of the floor with his hands up in the air, screaming, I'm riding on it. I'm riding on it. It's God's promise. And he was healed right there in the room and the fever's left him. And today, it'll be light in the evening time. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this revival is God's light in the last days. It's the evening light. I'm riding on it. I'm a riding on it. I believe it. It's the truth. Not me to judge, but I'm just taking God at His word and riding on it yes. right into the kingdom of God. Yes. Amen. Are you riding on it this afternoon, friends? Yes. Are you believing it? How many in here has got the baptism of the Spirit? Raise your hands. Let's see your hand. My, what a wonderful. How many in here has not got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and yet would like to have it? Raise your hands. Look at there, another group. You just got your hands up. Stand up to your feet right now. It'll be light. In the evening time, the path of glory you will surely find. This Holy Ghost way is the light today while we're serving Jesus in His precious name. Young and old, repent of all your sins. The Holy Ghost will surely enter in. You believe that? The evening lights have come. We're here. The revival's on. The whole building is being filled with the angels of God. The angels of God are encamped about those who love Him. Is that right? Who fear Him. Now you that hasn't got the Holy Spirit, stand up also with these people and put your hands on them that wants the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You with, with the Holy Spirit, stand up and put your hands on those without the Holy Spirit. If there's a sinner, you stand up also. Hallelujah. Lord. As a servant of God. Lord. Realizing my reputation of about 10 million people. I wouldn't say anything wrong for nothing in the world. I believe right now that every sinner can be saved. And every person seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost can be filled right now at this minute. See the signs appearing of His blessed coming. Lo and behold, the fig leaves now are becoming green. The gospel of His kingdom has gone to every nation. And we're near the end can be seen. We're here. Let us lift up our hands now. Let those hands that once hung down, feeble hands, be lifted up. And the Bible said, and let's give thanks to God and thank Him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, as you come here. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee this afternoon for this privilege of gathering here in this building. We thank Thee for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And while these people, sinners and those without the Holy Spirit is standing and those with the Holy Spirit standing, we're praying together with one accord. Oh, Father, may the Holy Spirit come and shake every person in here and fill them with the Holy Ghost right now. Snatch them as firebrands out of the fire just before the coming of the Lord Jesus. Catch them, Father, this afternoon before the devil traps them somewhere and they be carried away. Grant it, Lord, through Jesus Christ's name. Praise the Lord. Raise your hands down and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. And praise Him for His goodness. Glory. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give God a real praise offering.